Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to a conference championship edition of the Full Slate Pick'em Pod, brought to you by Untuck It. I'm your co-host Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, big week for us. Huge week. We're going out to San Francisco to watch the 49ers take on the Packers. So I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, but all in all, it'll be a great sports weekend. It's going to be a great time. Actually, in Santa Clara, flying to San Francisco, about 40 minutes outside the city. Um, Tyler, this is, I mean, it's been a long time coming, about... Six years in between playoff runs for the Niners. They took care of business last week versus the Vikings. Um, but all we know with this team, basically, as long as we can remember watching, is heartbreak. That is true. So it would be extra heartbreaking to be there in person for it. But hopefully we uh, fly home Sunday night with good vibes. Mm-hmm. Being giddy. Um, so... We actually have on a special guest interview. We have Kevin Jones, who's the founder and CEO of Blue Wire, um, the podcast network we have a part are a part of here at Full Slate. Some would say our boss. Um, he was great. He has a 49ers podcast himself called Striking Gold. So we kind of talk about Blue Wire a little bit, 49ers season, and get into their game versus the Packers. So 
stay tuned for that interview. But first, Tyler, let's get started with the early game, the AFC Conference Championship, the Tennessee Titans, the little engine, the not-so-little engine with Derrick Henry on it that could, going into Kansas City, take on the Chiefs. Chiefs are 7.5-point home favorites, 55% of the money's on them. The over-under is 53 after their total hit over 80 last week. Um, Tyler, Titans just knocked off the Ravens. Derrick Henry getting all the love in the world. Chiefs just continue taking care of business. They've covered their last seven. Do you have a feel on this game? It's hard to get a feel on the Titans. You know, the Titans and Chiefs played earlier in the season. That was a game that, as a better, there's a few games a year that just break you mentally. This was one of them. I had the Mm. Chiefs that game against the spread. I think they were... They're four five, point like, fit. It was like it was five, four or five. It was like, it was like five and a half. Is Mahomes' uh, first game back? Yeah, I took them against the spread in teasers, money line parlays, all over the place. That was a game they were basically winning. But the Titans get their they got their BS defensive touchdown. They had a long I think pass maybe on a reverse or something. Some crazy touchdown. Khalif Raymond was their leading receiver. One yard fifty. One catch, 52 yards. Chiefs outgained them, had more first downs, outpossessed them, and somehow the Titans won. So that game mentally broke me. Now, last week, I was I was on the Titans, and that paid out well. I'm looking at the box score now, and you would have thought the Ravens, again, won that won. game. They had 29 first downs compared to the Titans, 15, 530 yards compared to the Titans, 300 outpossessed them. And this is the craziest stat of all. The Ravens had 11 possessions last week. Eight of them ended in Titans territory, and they only scored 12 mm-hmm. points. So some people might say, you know, the Titans are due to just get blown out in these games and lose. For me, I just you just can't go against this team. They have some crazy luck on their side. Mike Vrabel's emerging into one of the best coaches in the league. They play hard for him. And, you know, they did give up a lot of yards versus Baltimore. And I think they were also outgained by the Patriots, but... They've only given up 25 combined points to the Ravens and Pats in two rounds of the playoffs. So I'm going to take the points with them. I think they cover. I think the Chiefs end up winning the game outright, but I think the Titans cover this touchdown spread. What about you? Yeah, I mean, just looking at the Week 10 matchup between these two teams, Derrick Henry in that one. He had 23 carries, 188 yards, two touchdowns. We all know he's been just on another level the last few games just carrying the ball over 30 times just being a man child and these defenses are having a tough time with him um i'm i'm leaning the other way i kind of like the chiefs in this one the more i think about it um the this chiefs defense after playing the Titans and getting annihilated in that week 10 matchup specifically on the ground they've only allowed 95 rushing yards a game since that matchup which is pretty solid um and my biggest concern for his Titans team they've kind of been bend but don't break um all season we've seen it we saw what they did to the Ravens same thing versus the Pats I just have more confidence in Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense led by Andy Reid um, that they'll figure out ways to get in the end zone um, and in a track race of a game like I just don't see the Titans being able to keep up offensively now looking at the weather it's going to be 28 and sunny not it's good enough to be able to throw the ball on this 
Chiefs team is just so fast. The tight ends are 21st in NFL and passing DVOA. I think the Chiefs are going to be able to exploit that. We saw what they did last week. The thing is, with that game last week, Tyler versus Texans, some fools took the under. I don't know who that would be. Um, and they were down 24 nothing, And it kind of seemed like they got those, like, hopefully those weird, like, special teams plays out of their system. Um in terms of the turnover, the block punt, the muff punt, things like that. Um, I think they'll be focused in this game at home. And I see them getting up early. And I, I don't know. I, I like the Chiefs in this one. Um, I also kind of like the under as well. Um, the Chiefs defense, like their pass rush, Tyler, it's been really solid. They were without their top pass rusher last week, Chris Jones. They still were able to sack Deshaun Watson five times. Um, I don't know. They've just been absolutely rolling. I think they're going to be able to do enough to contain Dark Henry. I, I don't know. I think Henry is just <clears throat> he's on one of these runs that's historic. And it's like when Joe Flacco got hot in the playoffs that one year, and like you don't expect like you're like he's gonna cool down at some point it just doesn't feel like that's coming my one concern with henry is he's had 96 carries the last three weeks it's pretty unprecedented as far as workload goes but i think he's able to sustain and keep this game close i do like the under because i think if the titans are going to stick around this game it's going to be low scoring chew up a lot of clock since 2003 underdogs of a touchdown or more in the that in the playoffs, sorry, have gone 37 and 26 and one against the spread. So covering 59% of the time in conference championship games or later nine and two against the spread. So it's a spot where bigger dogs do better. And just, this just feels like a game where Andy Reid makes a dumb coaching mistake. Um, he's one in four, one in five in championship games. He had that run where he went to four straight with the Eagles only won one once they got T.O. So he's he struggled in this spot. Feels like the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs are the better team, but I, th- I think Mahomes gets him over the edge by the end and he makes one more play than Tannehill. But I think Henry's able to keep them in the game and Andy Reid is good for one F up during this game. I think the bottom line is that I, yes, I agree. I'm nervous about Andy Reid, but Ryan Tannehill's going to need to throw the ball for, more passing yards, I think, than he combined the first two games of the playoffs. He's only had 160 yards through two playoff games. I think 15 completions overall. He's going to have to be able to throw the ball on the road in Kansas City. I know he's been rock solid since I've gotten him. But at the end of the day, we're still talking about Ryan Tannehill here. Um, and I, I do think the Chiefs are going to get up early. I think, I hope that... Andy Reid understands the importance of coming out to a hot star here because if you do, if you can get up even 10 nothing, say, in the first quarter and just make the tight ends have to get off their game plan a little bit, um, I think that bodes well for this Chiefs team that can just hit you with a flurry of uh, punches, like down 24 nothing, then score seven straight uh, touchdowns. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning towards the Chiefs here. Andy Reid makes me nervous because he always does, especially in the playoffs. Um, but I don't know. This to me, this Cinderella story with the tight ends, I feel like it's kind of reaching like beating Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, that kind of feels to me like it's it's over. I don't know. They there were so many weird plays that happen in that uh game last week versus the Ravens, um, between the turnovers, between the 
0 for 4 on fourth down conversions, I feel like the Titans are due to kind of revert back to being a little more Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Going from beating Brady to Lamar to Mahomes would be an unreal stretch, and Tannehill's going to have to make a play at some point. He, I think he did play pretty well last week. His yards obviously were under 100, but the touchdown throw to Johnu Smith, the touchdown to Raymond's right after the turnover, those were big-time plays, so I think he is capable. He's going to have to throw more, though, and I totally agree with your other point that Chiefs need to get off to good starts. If you let Tennessee get ahead and Henry gets going, that the clock starts ticking off. That shrinks the amount of possessions for Mahomes. Um, the Chiefs' defense allows four... 4.9 yards per carry, 29th in defensive rushing DVOA. Henry's averaging six yards uh, per carry in the playoffs. So clear weakness. Let's see if the Chiefs could, um, you know, clean it up. And one point on Mahomes last week in that game, that just kind of felt like like a moment for him in his career where they got down 24 nothing, and you kind of felt like the explosion was coming at some point. They reel off seven straight touchdown possessions. So. That felt like maybe that was his moment claiming, again, that he's the best quarterback in the league. If We've been talking about it for the last month or so that they've been under the radar. He got hurt. Lamar took off. Other teams getting in the spotlight. Like I think he proved last week he's still the best QB, and this feels like his moment to get to the Super Bowl. Last year, they have the devastating loss to the Patriots. I think this year they win, but they don't cover in the championship game. All right. I think uh, we're going to be on opposite sides of this one. I like the Chiefs. This feels like a 10 to 13 point victory. And I like the under um, for all the same reasons as uh, last week when I gave out the Chiefs under the Chiefs Texans under as my lock of the week. Um, this line is definitely inflated a bit, just given what happened last week in Kansas City. The fact that the total was 80. Um with Andy Reid, the here we go. Here's the stat: the under is 36, 23, and one in Kansas City. Um, I think we're gonna see Chiefs get up early, and just with the game that the the Titans play, they're just not quick strike. Um, so I think, but they kind of are with these when they have these long touchdowns. They had it last week. Yes, but if they're gonna. I think the Chiefs are going to go up like 10 nothing. The Titans will do their Derrick Henry thing, and then the Chiefs will just have too much in the second half. I don't I don't know. I think I think the under is the play here, under 53. Um, they did have the quick strike, right, the 40-yard touchdown pass. But for the most part, their game plan is going to be to keep Mahomes on the sideline. I just think the way Mahomes is playing right now, it's not going to matter. For sure. And I love how you say the line's inflated because the total last week was 80, negating the the, the fact that it was 80 last week. So it's, it's a great point by you. But uh, yeah, like you said, like you like you said, the under with Andy Reid at home. It's so great. You, you missed on the last week. The stats only tell you it'll hit this week. So I'm with you on that one. But let's cut to our interview with Kevin. We talk about Blue Wire the 49ers game their season and then when we come back we'll give out our locks of the week the holidays are almost here and you know what that means gifts and what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right unlike most brands untucked shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked untucked shirts always fall at just the right length no matter his size so he looks casual and sharp 
You can find your favorite Untucket style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free buttons, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. Within Tucket, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to help you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untucket is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, Tyler and I are excited to welcome on Kevin Jones, founder and CEO of Blue Wire, podcast network Full Slate is a part of. He's also the host of Striking Gold podcast, and some would say our boss on the Full Slate Airwaves. Kevin, welcome to the show. Do we have to call you Mr. Jones? No, man. Um, Definitely KJ. That's what everyone calls me, who's close friends. Cody and Tyler, you guys are doing doing an amazing job with the gambling podcast on our network you know these are two of our younger guys we took a chance on they're growing their audience in addition to matt and greg um in this feed so if you're if you love gambling and you want to give some new guys a shot definitely listen to full slate these guys are huge 49ers fans and actually flying out for the nfc championship game i know we're playing this episode on my feed as well too so um Niners Nation you've got two members two hosts on the on the Blue Wire network who are who are with you hell yeah thank thank you KJ slash boss um but we want to get to a little <laughs> little Blue Wire talk at the jump here um so Kevin you started Blue Wire a little over a year ago um so can you kind of talk through your background and the idea for Blue Wire and if you want to hit on the growth a little bit in the past year or so Definitely, man. It's interesting. So I, I covered the Redskins. I worked for clevelandbrowns.com. So worked inside the building with Jimmy Haslam and uh, Mike Pettin was there and Johnny Manziel. So I saw the NFL from that perspective. I actually crossed paths with Kyle there in that building. He was offensive coordinator for Mike Pettin um, in 2014. And then opening came up in KMBR where I started covering the 49ers and Warriors. Honestly, the Warriors coverage in San Francisco is amazing already. The Athletic does such a good job. So I, I kind of put my my chips with the 49ers coverage. I kept going, and I I really got sick of being a reporter. It wasn't the dream that I expected. I actually just like talking to fans more than I liked interviewing the athletes and kind of – I kind of lost uh, my love for writing, honestly. And I started to really be fascinated by podcasting and how it's been it was and how people built communities. I just looked around the landscape and I was like, there's so many people feeding their podcast into nothing. There's so many good sports minds out there who haven't been valued properly. We should band together. We're, it's going to be hard for all of us to blow up. If we're all on the same team, we can start to get the attention of advertisers. Um, so yeah, we've grown, man. We went through the 500 startups accelerator program. They invested 150 K into our business. We have a couple other investors, actually an NFL player. We're excited to announce who that is, a pro bowler in the NFC. Um, so it's cool, man. There's a lot of people who believe our vision. What is our vision? I don't, I don't know. Right now, it feels like we're kind of like Sony, like a new age Sony. Who's Sony? They put talent together and they find opportunities for those talent. We're trying to grow our podcast and do partnerships and, um, you know, actually create uh, like motion pictures, how, how Sony has done like uh, audio documentaries. So I, I look at, I almost look at film companies. Like I, 
obviously Sony has PlayStation, you know, we would just be a faction of them, but you know, my vision is not a true media outlet, not, I don't want to become the next ESPN. I don't think people want the next ESPN media is changing so much. I think people like individual tapas more than they like a brand. And so we're finding individual, someone said this thing really cool about blue wire. They said, you know what blue wire is? It's a graffiti wall. And each person comes up and kind of writes their show and it's a collection people walk by the wall and they admire, you know, the section that they like, but it's all together on one wall. Um, so that's where we're at, we're at right now. We're, we're truly a media business monetizing, like aiming for seven figures in revenue this year. We'll see what happens, fellas. Um, but that's kind of my spiel. That's what I tell investors too, to get them excited. Yeah. I love that, uh, graffiti reference. It's really good. And <clears throat> it's awesome. You know, you had an idea a year ago and how far it's come so far. What has been the coolest moment for you in kind of the first year of blue wire? I mean, there's a lot of like small wins you have to celebrate. I would say hitting number one on the charts with, um, snap exports, Jack Settlement, our mutual friend, it's so cool. And obviously those charts, you can kind of game the algorithm. They're not the true actual meanings, but, um, you know, we had enough surge to kind of get up there. We've had a lot of podcasts in the top 200. So I, you know, like entering the charts, we have a lot of screenshots of us, our content next to Bleacher Report, CBS Sports. So I feel like, you know, download wise, we, we hit 5 million downloads our first year in business. Like I, that's pretty cool. We didn't do much marketing at all. I think just the fact that we have 75 podcasts that people really truly believe in the vision of banding together. So, you know, the corporate partnership with Whistle, we're about to announce a few others. Um, and as I mentioned, really excited to get into the, the, the storytelling of everything. Um, our first documentary coming out is, I, I think, going to be a hit. We, if it's not, we're going to try and make some hits. Um, 30 for 30 has done truly an amazing job of innovating. And they've like created a whole new genre that I don't think is being properly filled. So, you know, we're hiring people that are going to spend two to three months putting together a story with music and interviews, three or four episodes that you can binge. And we feel like that's going to help shows like yours and mine as new people discover blue wire that way, they're going to say, Oh wow. They have like other content as well. So we'll see, man, I have visions of the future. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying doing it a lot more than being a reporter. I'll tell you that. And it's cool. I've done it in San Francisco where this, there's a huge startup ecosystem, but you know, I can, I, I can talk on and on. We, we should talk Niners because the Super Bowl's on the line. You guys are spending thousands of dollars to get out here. So we should talk about <laughs> the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, we are. We're one game away. And I think what you spoke about, I mean, even for us, our first episode on Blue Wire, we jumped into the top 150 on sports podcast. We got a screenshot of our little engine that could above the Woj pod. And I think even A-Rod Corp, um, his podcast. So very cool stuff happening at Blue Wire. And we definitely recommend um, our listeners if you haven't checked out some of the other pods there's a lot of cool stuff going on but yes we have kj on to talk niners i mean this season has been going into last week it was a playoff game and it felt like a breath of uh, fresh air just given the way the last five games of the season ended down to the final play every time and it's truly been one of the most memorable i mean that I can remember 49er seasons. Obviously we had three great runs under Harbaugh, each of those ending in heartbreak, but the way this season's going, I'm curious to know from you, Kevin, like what was, what were your expectations for this team going into season? Obviously Jimmy G coming off the injury, 
he looked terrible in the preseason, but they brought in Tevin Coleman. They bought in D Ford. They bought in Quan Alexander plus Nick Bosa. What were your realistic expectations for this team? And how much fun has this season been for you? It's been crazy because I've watched them lose almost every game for the last three seasons, really since I got to San Francisco in 2016 with Chip Kelly. I predicted eight and eight this season simply because I just thought they were going to hit some stumbling blocks and the schedule was so brutal later in the season, but they, they just came out on fire, even though they weren't playing perfect. They, they started three and zero into their bye week and they continued to gain momentum after they beat Cleveland on Monday night, after they stomped Cleveland, even though Cleveland is Cleveland, they came in with Odell Beckham and, you know, there was hype to that matchup when they stopped them. They really gained the confidence that we can play against anyone. Um, I didn't expect the defense to be this good. I've never doubted Kyle. I think he can get 24 points on the scoreboard almost any week and normally a lot more than that if things go his way. I didn't think the defense was going to be able to be this good. I thought Bosa was not going to be able to play all the snaps that he has. D Ford has been kind of a part-time player, but he's been like um, just like a weapon that they've used strategically and tried to keep him healthy, and he was still dinged up. So, I mean, his health is – they're so much better when he's on the field. You can feel it. You can feel it against um, the Vikings in, in the middle of the season when they were cranking. Yeah, I mean, Kittle has just been unreal. We expected him to be this good. Debo's really come on. Yeah, it's been it's been shocking, to be honest, that they're going to play for a Super Bowl this year. I knew Kyle was going to turn them around eventually. It's crazy it's happening this soon. And guess what? They're going to keep pretty much every coaching um coach on the staff joe woods might leave to go be d coordinator in cleveland but looks like Salah's coming back all the offensive assistants are coming back if they win the super bowl this year who's to say that they're not the favorite going into next year Ooh, i love to hear that <clears throat> let's get past the uh, packers first but i heard a stat the other day the 49ers are going to be one of i think three teams in the nfl to have the same head coach and same coordinators going into next year for two seasons. That just shows the, the turnover. And, you know, coming to this year and after last year, I think a lot of 49er fans, and I'll include myself, were kind of maybe hoping Shanahan would fire Robert Sala, but obviously it's paid off him keeping him around, the chemistry, the defense, like you said, flying around, especially when healthy. But I want to go back. Like you said, you worked for KMBR, and when you first got there, that was the Chip Kelly uh, season the last year of Trent Baalke, just how bleak was that? And then you were also there when they hired Shanahan and Lynch. Like, how could you have imagined them turning around this fast? And just what was that last year like with Baalke and everything? Yeah, no, so I started breaking news, and it was it was really hard because people were so bad in that building that they were just texting me stuff, you know, both from the front office and the coaching assistants are like, yeah, I'm about to get fired. Like, this sucks. We all hate each other. So, I mean, it was – the culture was as low as possible. Jed York got on the stage, I think, like, January 2017. Didn't have a plan. I didn't think Kyle was going to come here. I remember tweeting, like, Kyle has worked with Dan Snyder. I think he would avoid a situation like this. I really thought Jed, what he had done by firing Harbaugh and then boshing two hires in Tom Sula and Kelly that people would have been so scared to work here. The fact that Kyle got a six-year deal – really set a precedent that Jed was going to back away and it's Kyle's building and Kyle has made it his building because people care about each other. Kyle is a people person first. He's a smart person and can do schemes and this and that, but Kyle understands how to push people's buttons the right way to keep them engaged. 
to build uh, bonds. He's tapped George Kittle as a leader to be vocal. Uh, you know, they lucked into Jimmy Garoppolo without if Kirk Cousins was here, would they be this far? I don't know. Jimmy G has truly been, even though he throws his dumb interceptions and his stats aren't the best, he's been incredible, to be honest. He's he's honestly exceeded all my expectations. Mm-hmm. He didn't win them every game this year because Kyle doesn't want his quarterback to do that. Kyle doesn't scheme that way. Kyle ran the ball 47 times last week. So, I mean, Kyle's going to be stubborn depending on who he's going against. But Jimmy G, to me, was the kind of the story of the season. Even though I love the defense and they're probably the reason why they win, I, I don't think Kirk Cousins lifts them this far. I don't think Matt Stafford even walks in here and can do this. Jimmy has a winning trait. He picked up the New England gene. I think Patriots fans are pretty bitter. They don't have him. For, for I, sure. I, Go ahead. I could, I could, yeah, I could tell you now, Kirk Cousins would not be uh, having <laughs> success that Garoppolo's had. You know, there's been games where the defense has carried them, but on critical third downs in the fourth quarter, he's came up clutch. His stats might not bear it out, but if you watch these games like the three of us do uh, every week, you could just... You always feel confident in those third downs, like the Rams game. He didn't have his best game, but the two third and 16s, he makes two great throws that win the game. And that's essentially what you need from your quarterback. Mm-hmm. And even the game in New Orleans as well. I think for early in the season, people were concerned. Can this 49ers team, if if they get down early, the schedule is light out of the gate, right? They get down early. Can they win the game? Can Jimmy bring them from behind? And they got down early in the game versus Arizona, and they swore him back, but I think everyone discounted, oh, it's Arizona. But that game versus New Orleans, where they really went toe-to-toe with the Saints and put up, obviously, 48 points, whatever it was, and Jimmy G was able to lead them down down one late in that game to set up the field goal. Obviously, Kittle puts steam on his back, but I think that really put the haters to bay for a little bit. Um but going into mm-hmm. Sunday evening's game, um, we got the Packers are coming back to San Francisco. Now, these two teams have already met once. The 49ers smacked them around really good on Sunday Night Football. They won 37-8. to Their defense dominated that one. And Vegas is giving the Niners some love this week. Uh, they're seven-and-a-half-point home favorites. The public likes the 49ers as well uh 63 of the money is on them kevin i'm curious to know from you like what's your confidence level at going into this game and two um are you a game um some money on the 49ers i don't gamble your phone broke up a little bit there but i think i heard the end of that question i, I don't i don't gamble because i want to think i'm an expert so I just kind of like make predictions and don't keep track of them and think I'm right all the time. Smart. I have plenty of other vices that I don't even need to add gambling into my life. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I would say um, first part of your question again, I'm losing my train of thought. What's your confidence level at Sunday? Oh night? yeah. I, as you know, like seven or an eight on a scale of 10, I'm actually more confident this week after seeing what happened in Minnesota. This team's fresh. The injury report report was like almost nothing this week. Um, now it seems like Emmanuel Mosley's going to start the game. They probably should have won 27 to three last week. Finally, they realized the killer Weatherspoon cannot play. There's no way he's starting. And if they do, <laughs> you, you guarantee know what the Packers are going to do. They're going to throw it right at him. It's the clear hole in your game plan. So. Um, I think Kyle is 
has figured that out that you you know he's going to disappoint Akilo and Akilo might be off you know out next year when you win a Super Bowl like sometimes like players you have big plans for get phased out because that's what that's how the thing's playing out on the field he can't be on the field right now everyone knows it including the opponent so um now that he's I, I just don't see the weakness and the Packers don't have enough weapons I love Rodgers he's so clutch he's gonna make a couple big throws my prediction's like 34 to 20 and it's not really a close game Packers score late so it's like 34 13 early fourth quarter yeah, I like the sound of that. And I think the thing that speaks volumes about this team, and it probably starts with John Lynch and Shanahan, the way they built it. You know, Killer Weatherspoon and anyone who follows you on Twitter, Kevin knows uh, you're not a huge fan of his. <laughs> you're an Emmanuel Mosley stan. Yeah, but he gets benched last week in a playoff game. And a lot of guys would throw a fit. You know, he goes right up to the special teams coach after it happens and says, hey, if Mosley needs a rest on special teams, like put me in there. I want to contribute. So that speaks volumes about just the character of this team that guys get benched but still want to help contribute. And it's not me, me, me. And, you know, I'm confident, too, in this game. Um, I don't want to hold on. Pause, pause. I want to address that because I've been an asshole to a killer weatherspoon. So I do want to say. Um, some, sometimes I have to be overly harsh, um, and for fans, no, yeah, no. It's... And like, I, I hope Witherspoon pans out too, because I've, I, I'm going to really stop tweeting about it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop gloating. Cause I've been, yeah, I said it too long, but yeah. It's, uh, it's all love here, Kevin. It's all love. <laughs> no, no, but I do feel bad because these players are human beings and I, I am someone who understands that. And I, you know, getting called out for your job performance on Twitter by me can't, by anyone doesn't feel good but the fact is that we love this football team and we express our opinion so shout out to you akilo if if you or any of your peeps are listening it's nothing personal yeah he he had a really good start to the year he had some injuries and i think maybe that kind of has played a factor but like we said we're confident in this game and a quick stat teams that lose a regular season matchup and then have a rematch in the conference championship game where they lost the first game by 20 plus points are three and 14 straight up five and 12 against the spread so all signs are pointing to the 49ers to win this game but let's not get too biased from the packers point of view what do you think is a weakness they could try to take advantage of one thing i was thinking of especially when the 49ers played the rams they did a lot of stretch play action plays do you see the packers attempting that or what, what do you think they try to do in this rematch the rams game plan on that saturday night before christmas was the best game plan that i've seen in the last you know six or seven weeks against the niners the niners were on the ropes in that game and jimmy g didn't play well the first three quarters but Sean McVay and Jared Goff were buttoned up. And I think Matt LaFleur has a similar offensive game plan. That's a really good call out by you. I do still think they attack Emmanuel Mosley. Like I'm not ready to crown him yet. Um, I would be putting Devonte Adams a lot in the slot against K1 Williams. They're going to have to like pick their spots. They can't put Devonte there every play. Cause then the 49ers will like adjust, but they're going to have to set up some type of big plays the the Packers are going to have to score quick in this game I'm not saying early but like the ability to do a four play 72 yard drive they're going to have to respond they're probably going to go down they just can't get too far down if you let Rodgers hanging around and it's a seven point game in the fourth quarter you are in trouble I think that's all the Packers are you know they're they're going into this game confident but in their head LaFleur has got to think that just Hopefully this game is within seven in the fourth and then we definitely have a chance. 
Right. I think the big thing here for the 49ers, Jimmy G had the interception last week. I think for them, it's a matter of limiting turnovers. Um, As long as they take care of the ball, I think they should be in good shape. Some of these stats from last week and just in general, when they've had the full defense weapon and all the toys are out, like with Quan back, Jaquiski, D Ford, they've had eight games in which all three of those guys have been in the lineup. Defense is allowing 12 points a game. They're eight and zero straight up, six and two against the spread, and even like looking at the stats from last week, for instance, Stephon Diggs that touchdown, that's forty one yards. The Vikings had thirty two other plays, totaling forty yards. Um, I think 49ers are a key, like just limit Aaron Jones on the ground, and as long as they're not turning the ball over, I agree with you guys. I think they're in good shape to win this game. Bottom line is, you never know. Uh, in the NFL truly is any given Sunday. Um, but Kev, let's, let's wrap this up here. So your pick 49ers minus seven and a half. It seems 34, 20. You like that one. And that also means over under in this game's pretty low, actually 45. So you also like the over in this one. Yeah, I, I think so. I think there could be some boat racing that happens um, with um, my dogs going crazy right now. <laughs> my listeners get a personal glimpse sometimes on the podcast um yeah i mean i i think i think there could be some some boat racing that goes on um defensively like what you you saw last week where there was all of a sudden a richard sherman interception and then a muff punt one big mistake can turn into just the game ending the packers mm-hmm. saw it um when the, they first played fred warner uh, strip sack on the first drive and Bosa recovered a touchdown right away that was it they, they never even had a chance after that so that could happen um and that's you know that that's truly in play I, I think the Packers could like weather a storm and come back a little bit but I yeah I'm going over here I'm predicting a defensive touchdown I don't see anything really slowing down the 49ers at all Mike Penn's a good coach the Packers kind of overachieved this year I don't think they should be this far I think they kind of get put in their place. But I think the matchup real quick, if you want to talk Titans or Chiefs, I think they're both tougher for the Niners. You know, we don't want to look too far ahead. This is the NFC Championship game. Anything could happen. Knock on on wood, Kevin. Knock on wood. They played a big bomb against the Falcons. But, I mean, Kyle has the building cranked up at the perfect level right now. I just – they're going to come out with the right energy. They're not going to be overhyped. They're not going to be flat. They're going to make plays. They're going to play sound football. I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm curious about the, the week off and then the Super Bowl and people in Miami and there's Instagram and a lot of young players on this team. <laughs> it's good. You know what I'm saying, though? But like a storyline is that they've never been here before and there's a lot of pressure. I'm going down to the Super Bowl Wednesday to Saturday and I booked my tickets a long time ago because it's like the best sports business meetings and connections and just people are down there. And it's, it's, it's truly a party the whole week. So, that, I mean, that'll be the next thing for Kyle. Get over this week. And then truly, he's lost the Super Bowl before where they were winning 20-3 to three in the third mm-hmm. quarter. Like, he he's going to have some battle scars. Um, and we'll have to see who the matchup is. But I would say get ready because I think Miami is truly in play. And it's, it's <laughs> happening. Kevin, I love the confidence you're giving me. Only a minor heart attack uh, mentioning <laughs> the, the Falcons 28 to 3. And you also said muff punt, which gives me awful uh, flashbacks uh, to Kyle Williams. Uh, but 
but I'm confident as well. And you mentioned Instagram. I don't know if you guys saw this. It's Debo Samuel's birthday today. Yep. And how on, you know, the more stories you post, the smaller the little tick marks get. I've never seen this many tick marks on a story. <laughs> so check out Debo's uh, Instagram for his birthday. He's reposting everything. But I agree with you, Kevin. I think the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> I think the 49ers win handily. Um, I would say. I'd say 27 to 13. I think it stays under, but I think they win comfortably and go on to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I we're we're all in agreement here. I don't think this will come to as a shock to any of our listeners. Um, but Tyler, I I do agree with you. I think this defense, when it's healthy and knock on all the wood in the world, they just fly around and there's like a different level of pass rush. That kind of reminds me of the Super Bowls that the Giants won back where, especially the year they knocked off the Pats when they're undefeated. They're just getting to the quarterback with such tenacity. As long as D Ford is out there and Quan Alexander's kind of like the heartbeat of this team. I think he really fires up everyone, even when he was hurt. Uh, Bosa said he's still the MVP of the team. Um, I, th- I see them flying around. I think it's going to be like 27-14, something along those lines. Um, so hopefully we are all happy after Sunday evening, Kevin. Hopefully when you're in Miami, you can check on the young guys. Make sure Jimmy G's not out too late. Uh, we'll put we'll put that onus on you. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I'm just saying it's going to be a storyline because it it's uh, this team shouldn't be this here this quickly i mean they can be the nf that's the best thing about the nfl but it's like holy crap and i think they will deliver but it will be a storyline for them to overcome with just a lot of young players on the team um guys this was fun i I hope you're not flying home sunday night being like oh my god i can't believe rogers did that because there's there's a small percentage that that happens i hate to leave like on a note that that could end that way but you know, it's the final four here. Any, and anything can happen. My confidence meter is as high as possible, but it is Aaron Rodgers here. It's, it's, you know, it's him or Russell Wilson is who you're scared of most. Um, and so you, he, you, you can't rule out him pulling off a hill Mary or something mm-hmm. crazy. Of course. And, and the and the 49ers pass on him in the draft. That's that's still a storyline. Uh, 15 years later. Yeah, people forget that. People definitely don't talk about that one enough. Um, but Kevin, <laughs> thanks again for joining. Um, this is this has been awesome. Hopefully, we're flying back, hyped up, not able to sleep on our red eye because we're so excited about the Super Bowl. Um, but where can our followers find you on Twitter? And again, Striking Gold Podcasts on all your podcast listening platforms. But where can our followers find you? Yeah, Mr. Underscore Kevin Jones. There's so many Kevin Joneses. I had to do that. And then I got verified, so you can't really change your name after that. So, yeah, Mr. Underscore wow, Kevin, nice. Kevin Jones. You can just probably type in Kevin Jones. I should be one of the top few that come up, hopefully. Um, and then, you know, at Blue Wire Pods, we're, we kind of just do like NBA jokes there right now at the moment. But we're trying to get our follower count up there. So we can, um, you know, everyone judges that. What are you going to do? So follow us there, too. Yeah, guys, we appreciate you. Um, I know we both, we all have to run here. But um, shout out to my Striking Gold listeners, too, because we're playing this clip on my podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Kevin. And uh, go Niners. Go Niners. All right. And thanks again to Kevin, or should I say KJ, because now we're friends with him, for coming on the podcast, talking Blue Wire, 49ers. <laughs> 
Kevin's already, uh, well, he is going to Miami, and he's uh, looks like he's already uh, in charge of keeping the 49er players out of trouble. So thank, thankfully, he'll be there. But let's move on to our locks of the week. Cody, we're both 0-2 so far in the playoffs, <laughs> so we need a winner. Um, I'll let you go first. Thank you, Tyler. Um, we are looking for our first playoff win here. Um so it would be nice to get on the board this week. And I'm going to do a first. Uh, we haven't done this before in the two years we've done uh, our lock of the weeks. I'm going with a teaser. Um, and Tyler, it's definitely a public one, but I'm going with the home team teaser. I'm going with the Niners Chiefs teaser here. And let me tell you why. So basically the total of the line on each is seven and a half. So the teaser will bring both down to one and a half. And since the 2003-2004 season, when the spread has been between seven and eight and a half um, in a teaser, basically playoff teams are 24 and 10 straight up in those spots. Playoff favorites, sorry, are 24 and 10 straight up in those spots. Obviously, a lot of support for these two home teams to get the win. We touched on it with both of them. Um, When it comes to Chiefs, I think the level that Mahomes is playing at is is too high right now. Um, with what you said, it kind of feels like this is his season to get over the hump to get to the Super Bowl, um, coming off what happened last year. I think the defense will do enough to limit Derrick Henry and maybe force a turnover on Ryan Tannehill um, to have the Chiefs get the win at home. On the 49ers side, they're... 10 and 2, their last 12 as a favorite. Um, down the stretch here, they've played a brutal schedule. Basically, since week 10 and on, they face six playoff teams. I believe that includes um, the Vikings there. And they're 5 and 1 against the spread, covering by an average of about 5.6 points a game. So I like both of these teams to take care of business at home and it's kind of different reasons for both chiefs offensively i think they're putting up at least 30 points and i just don't see the titans being able to go blow for blow with them and on the other side the 49ers when they have Quan alexander jaquiski tart d ford all healthy this defense is just at another level um i think they'll do enough to limit rogers and specifically aaron jones uh jones i mean the stats his last Five games are rock solid. He's averaging 100 rushing yards a game with seven touchdowns over that stretch. But what the 49ers did last week to Dalvin Cook uh, in the playoff game, limiting him to 18 yards, I think they'll do enough to bottle up Jones, force the Packers into being one-dimensional and uh, limit turnovers and and get the win and the cover. So I'm locking in the Chiefs 49ers teaser as my lock of the week. Definitely the first time we've done it, but... I like it for all the reasons you said. Um, as I said earlier, I think the Chiefs win. It's a close game, but they end up winning. And last year, both home teams in the conference championship games actually lost in overtime. So I see that swinging back this year uh, with yeah, the home we, teams winning. We, we can handle that. At least the 49ers winning. I, I can't handle being at the game and they lose. But um, I do like that. I'll probably lock it in. But... My lock of the week, I'm going to take the Titans plus 7.5, so I'll take the teaser, I'll take Titans 7.5, I'll middle it, I'll win both, it'll be great. Um, for, <laughs> for all the reasons that, yeah, for all the reasons I said earlier, I, I just don't think the Chiefs defense 
will be able to. I think they'll be able to slow down Henry enough, but I think he'll still get his. I made this the stat earlier. They're allowing almost five yards a carry. He's averaging almost six yards an attempt. This just feels like his playoffs. I think he'll be able to keep them close. Mahomes at the end will make one more play than Tannehill, but um, I think they keep it close in this game. Underdogs of a touchdown or more are nine and two against the spreading conference championship games or later in the playoffs since 03. So I think Tennessee keeps it close. Their defense has been bend, don't break. So I think maybe in the first half they could keep the Chiefs off the touchdown board, but then maybe at the end they start to fade a little bit. But I think overall they keep it close um, and cover this seven and a half points. All right. I mean, as you said, I disagree with that, but. Um, I, I think, I think we're in for two good games here. Uh, regardless, definitely Chiefs Titans is very intriguing just cause it's such like two very, very different styles. And I feel like since like week, like six or so on, um, even like week eight, I'm probably at that point kind of got the sense that the Pats weren't all that great. Um, it felt like everyone was penciling in the Ravens, um, Ravens, Pats, probably. And then as the season's gone on even more and the Chiefs have kind of picked up steam, everyone, I mean, I feel like us included, like Ravens, Chiefs was the matchup that we were all expecting. And now we get essentially Derrick Henry versus Mahomes. So that's going to be an awesome one. And uh, Niners, Packers, here we go. I mean, Tyler, last time. Uh, we were in San Francisco for a playoff game. It was Niners Packers and Kaepernick looked like maybe the best quarterback of all time in that one. Yeah. He ran for, I think over, over 200. Yeah. I think it over 500 yards from scrimmage. Something ridiculous. Yeah. That game was insane. So hopefully we have uh, similar results. Jimmy G runs for 200 yards. I don't know what happened, but um, (laughs) as long as the, as long as the 49ers win, I'll be happy. You'll be happy. It'll be a safe flight home for everyone. So uh, thanks again for Kevin for joining. And you got anything else, Cody? That's it, Tyler. Go Niners. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.